Hey, what's up? I'm Ian. And I'm James. This is Two Player. A podcast about the importance of play in a complicated world. Today, we are going to wrap up 2018. It's a week and a half late, but I was a sick boy for a couple of weeks and we were feeling lazy into the holiday season. So we are back in the new year and we're going to take a look back 365 days and try to figure out what were some of our gaming highlights and lowlights of 2018. How are you doing, James? I'm doing pretty good today. Thanks, Ian. Yeah, I'm... We have some real winter weather. I kind of appreciated the cold and the sun today. It wasn't rainy and wet. So, yeah, I'm doing just fine. How about you? Have you recovered? Because you were pretty sick for the last little bit. I am still um, I'm still sick. I've still got a chest, uh, chest congestion thing happening here. It's uh, hopefully adding to my ASMR radio voice here. Just let those... Tingles go down your spine. I don't. Uh, it's I. I don't know. No, I'm not better. <laughs> gotcha. Um, but I'm getting better. Well, then, extra glad we're recording this from remote locations. Then, and yeah, that's face right. To face. Yeah, we have we have the uh, the medical barrier of a few kilometers between us right now. So we had a couple weeks off there. Uh, did you have any time off? Uh, I took the standard days off. I. I took New Year's Eve. No, wait. What did I take off? Christmas Eve. I took off Christmas Christmas Eve, had Christmas Day, Boxing Day off. And uh, yeah, just spent some time with the fam. And uh, it was a nice low-key Christmas. I like, I like it when things are low-key and focused on eating and less on travel. How about you? Yeah. Did, no, did you stick no around? Kidding. Yep. I, I stayed local. Nice. It didn't have to go too, too far. But at the same time, you know, Christmas is always crazy. And um, does your does your family play board games at all? Our family um, is pretty into the Jackbox Party Pack, actually. Um, That's awesome. Yeah, they, they're we're big fans of Fibbage and Drawful, um, and we play it infrequently enough that we're still on the original Drawful, like. We haven't gone through all the prompts yet, so we haven't graduated to Drawful 2. Although I think we did play a couple rounds, but people got really confused with the fact that you get to draw with two different colors in Drawful 2. And so for everyone who's listening who doesn't know what I'm talking about, um, Drawful is a party game um, in the same vein as Pictionary. And um, everyone signs on to a game server using their mobile device and everyone who's playing is sent a prompt of something ridiculous and impossible they have to draw. You draw it out on your mobile device, and then randomly pictures are shown to everyone in the room on a central screen, and people have to submit captions for your drawing, and there's laughter and voting, and it's a really good time. So yeah, my family really digs that, but we had no no hard and fast board games. I, I've we've sort of veered towards the digital. Although, have you heard of the dice game called Left, Right, Center? No, I haven't. Okay. So 
sometimes we play that and I just realized that I don't remember the rules, but there is a little bit of gambling involved and my, my uncle really likes it because of the gambling less because of the family. Um, what about I, you? I what, played another, are you going to, sorry, are you going to tell me about it? No, no. I was going to ask you, what, what about your family gaming traditions? My family gaming traditions are that we play a game that's slightly more competitive than we should be playing, mm. and it quickly devolves into some sort of undealt with childhood trauma and somebody, you know, stor storming away from the board game, claiming that somebody else cheated and they can't handle losing and they ruined my life 10 years ago, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So I really like the Jackbox game idea because... All of those games I find do such a good job of being really fun and engaging and staying silly at the yeah. same time, right? I, I really like Fibbage. I think that's funny. And you can be a little bit competitive, right? Oh, for but, sure. Yeah, for sure. It's like someone wins at the end of the game, but it's very somebody much wins, good fun. Somebody yeah. wins, but it's good fun. They're short rounds and, and it's always silly. Right, like yeah. if you win, it's not because you took it too seriously. If you win, it's because you you wrote some silly stuff and and sent it to oh, yeah. the TV in front of everybody, right? Oh yeah, exactly. Like the the nature of drawful is such that if you are a very good drawer, or if you are a very good fat fingered artist, um, it actually works against you in a way because of the way the captioning system works. So it it really is just about seeing how horrible the drawings become. And yeah, it's just it's just a riot. It really is. And that's not to say that all the games in the Jackbox Party Pack are hits. Like you like Fibbage, as do I. I like Drawful. I don't even recall what else is in the Party Pack, the first one, because the rest of the games are kind of duds. I guess there's the classic You Don't Know Jack game show, but even that after, I used to love that game back in the late 90s when it first, came, when it first came out. That was groundbreaking yep. for me. But lately, well, it was kind of riffing on who wants to be a millionaire, right? Like, I, I think, mm, yeah. I don't know how old Who Wants to Be a Millionaire is, but I, I want to say it's like 1998. Yeah, that sounds right. Maybe, maybe yeah. a little earlier than that. Um, but right in the same, right in the same era. Right. So playing, you don't know, Jack put you in the hot seat and I don't know, for, for me, it felt like it's, it's the same game essentially as who wants to be a millionaire. No, you're totally right. And wait, so I'm interested in the, the slightly too competitive board game you ended up playing this holiday season. Oh, that's good. Alex, if you're listening, I'm sorry. Um, so I got uh, it's it's actually a very cool board game, and I'm I'm looking forward to playing it again. Uh, it's called Dice Forge, and it's uh, how do you ex I don't know how to explain it. It sounds like it's got a lot of rules. It's it's a it's a board game with a lot with a lot of rules. Essentially, it's it's kind of a resource management game, and you're managing the acquisition of four different resources, basically. I think. And what you do is you have a dice, but the each person has their own dice and each face of the dice has little panels that you can remove. And basically you have coins and you can use those coins to purchase upgrades for your dice and then, and then put new little panels onto your dice to customize the dice and try to maximize your chances of getting different resources so that you can purchase different like more point generating 
things around the board. Okay, yeah. It's cool. It's that does it's, sound cool. It's interesting. And it it's one of those games that I, I I mean, I love the design and aesthetic. I think it's really cool, but the way that it explains the rules says, you know, you are a demigod on earth and you have this magic power to harness the rubies and the emeralds and the gold and those are not the right resources, but I just I forget what they are. Um, and then cast you you demand the gods every turn for for some of these resources and they grant you some and I just wish that board games did a better job of before trying to sell you the mythos of whatever the board game is just saying like okay you have a plastic dice first you're going to take the plastic dice and roll it whatever the the side on the dice is and then just very clearly spell the rules out that way so that you're not confused by the language that they haven't even explained to you yet so that was that was my very low-key gripe about this game i and it wasn't even that competitive but it was it was too competitive (laughs) for us yeah (laughs) yeah i get it uh well how about we take a look back at 2018 Okay. I want to I want to get into this a little bit. So, remind me of the format that you had thought up for this part of the discussion. Okay, so what I what I the first thing I did was I put together a shopping list of games that I picked up in 2018. Now, ah. not all of them were released in 2018. Where so that's where it gets a little bit tricky for the listeners, you know, tweeting at us which you can do at our Twitter account, which is at podcast underscore TO on Twitter. Um, they Yeah, don't get upset that all these games weren't made in 2018, but I played them in 2018. Um, do you want to hear what they are? Yeah, no, I, I'm super interested, actually. Okay, so I don't, I can't read these in any particular order of when I pick them up, but I will try, okay? Hearts of Iron 4, Stardew Valley... Hacknet, Invisible Ink, No Man's Sky, Next, Steep, Insurgency Sandstorm, The Universum, and Return of the Oberdin. And that's it. I was honestly expecting a longer list. I know. So was I. It's so funny. I I looked back at it. I was like, oh, man, like I really liked that game that I played uh, Inside, which is that side scroller. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I looked at the last time I played it, and it was two years ago. More than two years no ago. No way. Yeah. Unbelievable. Anyway, time flies, right? No, it really does. Man, I wonder. <laughs> so take here, take a second. Yeah. I'll, uh, take, take a second. I'll, uh, I'll cut the distance out here, and we'll do some radio magic, and then you can okay. tell us your list, okay? Okay. So my list, <laughs> actually, I'm, I'm just looking at, I'm looking at my recent games in steam right now and i'll also open up good old games okay so now i guess this is a little might be a little cheaty because some games i installed and played when they were free so i didn't make a real commitment to them um that's totally fine okay like if we started if we started measuring this against like how much money we spent on video games yeah we would we would bankrupt ourselves. Gotcha. So let's not do that. Yeah. Okay, so let's take a quick look here. So going through my recent games in my Steam library, games that I recognize that I did buy recently. 
um, <laughs> the first one that comes up, actually, I didn't buy this. You actually gifted it to me. Um, Stick Fight the Game. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> I forgot about that. Well, I can understand why you forgot about it because I, I don't know if it's finished. I don't know how it this works. Is, I, this is on my hit list today. Okay, okay, yeah, okay. okay. I, I thought this game would come up at some point. Okay, so that's... Screw it. No, let's rip top. it apart right now. Let's just take <laughs> okay. a minute to to etch into the gravestone of this game. Like, you done screwed up, stick fight the game. Is it done? So you're no good. I bought you. You're so funny looking. You look so funny. You look oh, so much, so much fun. I wanted to have with you. And you're not finished, clearly. I, I guess, or or I feel like I'm missing something, like the control scheme, or is it just like have have you seen the game Gang Beasts? Like I feel like this is in the same genre as Gang Beasts, but Gang Beasts looks a lot more fun and a lot more polished. So Gang Beasts is this like physics based brawler where you're controlling this, and but it's in yeah it's in three D, um, and it's got real like purposefully very clunky unresponsive controls but not so clunky that you can't actually try to make your avatar do things um it's a lot of fun to watch this struck me as something that was supposed to be like that um it's i liked i liked the clunky controls yeah i I like that and i like like sort of the, the crappy physics involved in it but we tried to connect to each other, didn't we? And it was just, it was literally impossible. We could not make it happen. Well, I could also, like, when I was playing, I couldn't, it, I had a very difficult time understanding which stick man I was. And I would go, right. like, multiple rounds and multiple levels thinking I was someone else and being the yellow dude instead of the purple dude. So, all right. Okay. Screw that game, okay? This is as much time as I want to spend on okay. it. Okay, so back to my list. Um, okay. Company of Heroes 2. Purchased and downloaded. <coughs> not played. Um, Heat Signature. Um, Doom. Brutal Legend. For Honor. Thimbleweed Park. Quantum Break. Road Redemption. Oh my god, I had forgotten about that. Spec Ops The Line. And then the... The DLCs for The Witcher 3, of course, um, and Super Hot had not yet picked that up, believe it or not. Did so, you Did you have a chance to come over and play that in VR? No, I haven't yet. And once I've, I haven't quite finished the the original. I think I'm on the last level. I think I'm very, very close. Um, mm. I would very much like to come over and play the VR version of that. I will say the VR version of that game is a masterpiece. I believe and it. And I I I don't think I throw that word around. It's uh it's um it's amazing. It uses it 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 it's making a joke about VR while you're in VR, right? Like it the way that it opens and you go into the super hot grayscale world is you're in this like dingy apartment that's probably oh, I don't know, like six feet by six feet, and you have this sort of like it looks like a hacker's dirty desk computer terminal in front of you um, with all these floppy disks lying around. And, and you look up and there's this helmet hanging from the ceiling with a VR monitor in it. And you pull the helmet on and then you are transported into the super hot world and, and then you go through the levels. And then after, I don't know, after a sequence of 
who knows how many levels uh, you sort of get kicked back at, to your apartment and then um, go back into the world. That's really cool. Not that, not that that's the highlight. Obviously, you know, it's it measures like you're moving your whole body and as you do so, time speeds up. Yeah, which is that's, insane. I would, I will very much take you up on that offer because the, the aesthetic and the tone and the themes in Superhot are really striking. It's, um, I'm, I'm glad I finally got around to playing it because it has been on my to playlist for quite a while. Um, I'm going to have to stop you here for a second, just, just for a moment, because this is, this is awful. There is an ant inside of my computer monitor, somehow behind the plastic on the face, on the face of my computer monitor. It's literally crawling around the audacity buttons right now. Like it's in my computer screen. How are you? Teresa, come look at this. You got to validate this. What is going on? Am I tripping out? No. There's there's a bug in my computer. Oh, that's awful. (laughs) Oh, no. I'm going to take a picture of this. Yeah, you gotta. I want to. You see gotta it. live this. I really need to see this. Hold on a second. I'll tweet this out. People will love this. Okay. All right. Whatever. I. I guess I'm gonna edit this down a little bit because that was not time that I thought we were gonna spend. <laughs> oh, it's so distracting, James. I can't even squish it. No, I can't squish it. Well, and you don't want to because then, like, there will just be a squished bug in your display, on display. What is it forever crawling on? So there must be, there must be a film or a like plastic or glass between the panel and you. Yeah, God, that's really weird. Oh man, huh. I hate that. Yeah, I I'm sorry to hear that. That's just that's that's ruined my day. Okay, I uh, I got some questions for you. All right. So I have we, questions for you as well. We already covered. Uh, was there a game purchase that you regret? For me, Stick Fight the game, absolutely, because it was a broken game, and I, I, yeah. I just think it's it's so upsetting because I saw videos online that were hilarious and it looked really funny, and I bought it, and it, it was clearly broken, and that didn't work. Are there any purchases you made that you played and you were like, I did not get my money's worth? Anything on your hit list? Yes, actually. You know what? Um, it was one, not the most recent Hearthstone expansion, but the one previous. I can't even tell you what it's called, but I broke a cardinal rule of mine. I pre-ordered a bunch of packs just because I watched one too many hype videos on YouTube and I got really excited. I was like, yes, this set's going to be awesome. And I mean, it was fine, but I don't even play Hearthstone that seriously. So after I spent that money, I thought, you know what? That's the last time I'm doing that. So I've, I think maybe there's something to be said here. Like the same approach that you would take when you're, you're, you're about to write somebody some hate mail, you know, you got home and you just got a head full of steam you're like, I'm going to get online and I'm going to write that, that coworker or that, that boss or that 
somebody, I don't know, my in-laws an email and give them a piece of my mind. And you know the right thing to do there is take a breath, take a bath, go to bed, wake up. And then if you feel the same way the next day, you write them a cool and collected email, right? I completely I mean, agree. So, I mean, that's that's my approach. I don't know how much hate mail you write, but... So what I should have done is started the transaction, but like left it in my cart at least overnight. Um, yeah. Didn't, definitely made an impulse buy. I mean... It's not, it's not the worst. Like I still play Hearthstone now and again, but I definitely did not get my money's worth on the packs I bought for that expansion. And I don't foresee myself spending any more money on Hearthstone. Um, yeah, that's probably a good thing because from what I understand of Hearthstone, it is, it, it has become sort of a pay to win game. Well, yeah, unless you're, unless you're willing to really grind out some serious hours to to build out your deck the old-fashioned way i guess yeah i, I don't play it well, I, this is just hearsay it, it's also the nature of collectible card games like that's they're designed to be an ongoing revenue stream and like they keep pushing out content and it's cool um but i'm just gonna focus my leisure time elsewhere yeah yeah okay good call. so that's how i feel about hello neighbor as well okay we talked about it before on on the on the show and I, for no particular reason, it's, it is a little bit buggy, but I didn't get it. I don't know. It's not for me. I, I, I got into it a little bit. I tried and I, yeah, it didn't get, it didn't grab me, Okay, which is unfortunate because I think I spent like 25 bucks on it. Well, if we're back to, okay. So now if we're diverging a little bit to games that I don't necessarily regret the purchase, but they just didn't didn't grab me um and for me that was spec ops the line i really liked the tone and what it was the way it was portraying conflict and war and the narrative was really compelling the gameplay was just super standard cover based third person shooter visuals were it takes place in the desert so you know it's just like really gray and beige and not very arresting in that in that way so i just stopped playing it um so maybe i'll go back to it just because i know like the the social commentary that it's making like it's but then again, I just read all the spoilers, so I guess I don't really even need to do it. Maybe I'll just watch some Let's Plays on YouTube. But that one that one was a little disappointing for me. When it comes to games like that, I just... I can't help but wonder... Like, at what, at what point do we decide that we've just done it? You know? Like, is it... Is, is the appeal to Spec Ops the line the fact that all of your friends are... All of your friends are playing it and... So you have to play it too. I, I mean, like, I think there's always a level of social pressure like that when it comes to your games, especially, you know, when you're when you're a kid or when you're at school. Like, your tastes just depend on whatever your friends are playing, right? So you, you buy that, and, and if it generates revenue for the company, they'll just keep making those games. But there are so many other games. I want to say, like, just like just like it, you know, and oh. I think that they. 
Are they making a are they, they're making a sequel to it? I well, think. Oh, are they? I'd be. Uh, inter- I, well, I that might be interesting to me, like because I think that was sort of the point that it was a super generic, bland shooter. Like there was nothing new about it except the narrative and the way it was portraying the actions of the players and putting the player in uncomfortable situations. Um, so I misspoke. I I was thinking of Tom Clancy's The Division. Oh, The Division, another game we ripped on earlier in the series. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I forgot. I, I did. Oh, no, wait. Tom Clancy's The Division. Oh, yeah, no, I was thinking of Ghost Recon Wildlands. Oh, my God. We're, well, this, okay, so, again, like, uh, this is my point. We just confused, like, three, no, three military shooters that yeah. are, like, come on, man. Like, and, 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 you know, there's, there's, like, Black Ops that's out right now, and it's, it's getting marketed all over the place, and I don't know. It's just, okay. Like, at what, at what point are, do we just think they're boring, you know? This, know. this segues really nicely into one of my questions for you, Ian, so I'm going to take this opportunity to ask you. Which game this past year made you think, man, I'm getting old? Okay, I hopped in and I played all of like 15 or 20 minutes of Counter-Strike Go. And and probably the fact that I just called it Counter-Strike Go. <laughs> right? I don't think yeah. I need to I don't think I need to illustrate my point any any more than that, which is wild because the the like like Counter-Strike Source is basically what got me into PC gaming. I built my first PC because I wanted it to run, and I think I've told this story maybe on on the podcast already, but because I wanted to run Half-Life 2, and then I went to the Canada computers and got all the parts that, you know, they're all top of the line. I'd been lifeguarding all summer to save up money for this, and I go to the store, and I get all the parts, and I'm like, okay, man, like, do you think this is going to be good enough to run Half-Life 2? And he was like, oh, this is going to run anything you want for the next 10 years. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, and then and that computer is, is what got me into PC gaming. But um, so I tell that to to kids that I know and I, I work I work with now. They're like, oh, like, do you play CSGO? And I say, like, I, I don't. And I don't know what has happened with. I don't maybe I got older or, or maybe the community's changed. But oh, man. They said so many things about my mother so quickly. <laughs> I didn't see it coming, you know? Anyway, so that, that, that game, more than any other game, has made me, they, that made me feel the oldest, I y- think. Yeah, I think that I, I revisited CSGO a couple times this past year, and it definitely didn't feel like 1.6 and the land parties I used to have way back in the day. Um, but the game for me that really made and continues to make me feel old is Fortnite. I, I played a few, I've played a few rounds um, on my brother's console, just the good old die and pass the controller back and forth. We were both terrible. Um, and, but on the, on the one hand, I, I understand the like I definitely understand the appeal of battle royale type games. I think it's like it's a super straightforward concept that is as as a core game mode great. Um yeah, but in sure. in terms of 
Like Goldeneye was Battle Royale. Yeah. Right? yeah no, now, it, wasn't, it yeah. wasn't many people, but anyway. Yeah, so like in terms of like mechanically, yeah, I got it. But like aesthetically and it's it was I could just tell playing it that this game was not made for me. <laughs> like I am not the target audience here. And I was like, I'm not going to be I'm, I'm not going to return to this. Although, back to you mentioning CSGO, doesn't Counter-Strike now have a small Battle Royale mode? Because Counter-Strike just went free-to-play a couple months ago. I didn't know that. Yeah, so... Um, I, I did know that they they put a Battle Royale mode in, though. Um, I haven't tried I, it yet. I, everybody's going to have to react and do that, yeah. you know? Um, but I don't think it matters, because now, now that Fortnite did it and is so popular, however... I think it's becoming less and less popular, like by the minute. It's anyway. Um, we'll see, but um, everybody's gonna have to do a battle royale, a battle royale mode. Oh yeah, um, yeah. COD is doing it now, and right. it's. Well, I guess like it's the new it's the new deathmatch. Like deathmatch was huge. Like well, when when multiplayer gaming was first a thing, um, and like people still play deathmatch, but the the last man standing hundred player deathmatch. That's like even just when you say it, like that gets you amped up. That's exciting. It's, it's battle royale. It's Hunger Games. It's uh, yeah. I I think the format for the games great, but yeah. Oh, I just I I I think the whole thing. I think it's brilliant. Like I think that they absolutely knew what they did, and they waited for their moment, and then. Um, just took the whole, took the whole market. They created this amazing game. I mean, amazing in that like it's 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 very high quality. It's a good concept. It's fun. It's engaging. It's not for me either. I played a few rounds and it's it didn't grab me. But I'm not the audience, right? And neither are you. But then they made it for free, and they they you can play it on a you can play it on a mobile phone. So suddenly, like every kid in North America and Europe in the world has this game. It's I just thought that was insane, right? And then and then you put microtransactions together and profit. Yeah, it's just like crazy. Um, anyway, I was blown away by that by that concept. Less less so about the game design and gameplay, more so about the business model, I guess. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna follow up with another question. So, Ian, which game from this past year made you most often say, just one more turn, or just one more level, or just one more quest? Okay. Um, there were a few. There were a few that did this to me. But I, I yeah, like, you know, I have a problem. Um, Civ 6, Sid Meier's Civilization 6. Definitely got me. Um, yeah, big time. I would say mm, this got me more than any other game this year, probably. In terms of just once you start, not not being able to stop so much. Uh, followed by that, I would go to Stellaris, which goes from turn-based strategy to a real-time strategy. Um Stellaris, I have I have yet to win. It's so funny. I have uh, 
What are the wind conditions? I think if you control 60% of the map, either through alliance or through domination, you win a domination victory. Um, and you can do so, yeah, you can do so with a federation. That is the only win condition I'm aware of because... Um, I, so I did, I did win through Alliance one time, but that's as close as I got. Hmm. It's tough. It's real. It's yeah. So, um, but it's super fun. It's, uh, very, very, very slow. And then like hearts of iron, very quick. Um, you, you won't know when it's too late until it's too late sort of thing. Gotcha. Um, yeah, that, that one got me. What about you? What dragged you in? For me, it was it was actually the super hot. The, it was super hot. Super hot. I sort of like I saw that it was on sale one night, and it was. I was like, okay, I'll I'll play a few levels before bed, and I just I really got hooked by the like because it never really occurred to me that it would be a puzzle game. Because it's right, it is. It, it's a first-person shooter, but it's not at all a first-person shooter. It's it's totally a puzzle game, and I really, yeah, like like I said earlier, I really bought into the whole this whole mysterious cyber hacking world they built up, and like I spent time going through the character's computer and checking out these hacker chat rooms and like getting into the lore and stuff and yeah I, I definitely stayed up past my bedtime that night um you know. oh yeah the aesthetic that they build is it's it was amazing the world like the world that they create around it i i was yeah it was so awesome yeah so so that was that was the one for me um because I bet you might have thought I was going to say something about The Witcher Three or one of the one of. I thought we had <laughs> the a DLCs. Deal. We did have a deal, but it's a new year, and so I guess it resets. But I would definitely find that, like, I was like, okay, I I would end my Witcher sessions when I was like, I'm I'm exhausted. <laughs> That's just I I actually like it's gotten to the point where I like I feel like I'm working now, so we'll just put this away for a few days. Um, that's kind of how I felt with it too. You know, it's like the quests the quests are long enough that I feel like you don't want to get yourself involved with something exactly. unless you know you have time with it. Whereas with Super Hot, the levels are quite short if you do them well and and will and can drag on quite a while, quite a while if you if you don't figure out how to do them right. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. yeah. My answer to that one is Super Hot. Super Hot. Super hot. All right. So um, you had to problem solve a little bit in, in Super Hot. What was the game in which you had to problem solve the most? Hmm. Ooh, that's a great question. Super Hot's going to be up there. Um, I'm going to revisit my list here games that I've been playing. You know what? It's going to be You know what? It is going to be super hot because it it almost got into that 
portal zone in terms of the fluidity of the of the puzzles and making it almost makes you feel as smart as portal would at some times when you finally figured something out although portal yeah. also had the tendency to make you feel like a complete idiot when you finally figured it, it out and you're like oh that was super obvious um but because there's a little there is a little bit more mechanical skill required for super hot that you you don't feel as bad when a red dude appears seemingly out of nowhere that you you honestly did not see him and he blows your head off with a shotgun yeah you don't feel yeah yeah so and because there is a bit there is an element of chance and a bit of rng in terms of like when they pull their triggers and whatnot so um i think i'm gonna stick with Super hot. I'm gonna stick with super hot, but I am gonna give an honorable an honorable mention to Gwent, um, the standalone game, not the in game uh, mini game uh, from The Witcher Three, but um, Gwent. It. I definitely got into it for a few weeks, and was figuring out sort of strategies not necessarily deck building but i did some drafts um and that was a very enjoyable experience sort of learning a much more intricate and uh involved card game especially compared to hearthstone which is pretty straightforward as far as collectible card games go um but gwent was up there because when when you start to figure out how how things work um it, that was pretty rewarding as well but i'm going to give top honors to super hot and so i'm interested to hear yeah what game really made you think and get, got you problem solving i i will say about gwent before before i talk about problem solving the moment i played gwent in the witcher no other aspect of that game mattered to me anymore until i mean it, in so in so far as I got to a point where the only reason I was advancing the storyline was was knowing that I would later meet somebody who had a better Gwent card that I needed so that I could like continue and collect all of them. That was the first thing I did. Like I completed everything Gwent as far as I could, and then I went back and completed the game. So I don't know what that says about me, but well, I've anyway. got I've got a quick quick question. Did you ever play Star Wars? The Old Republic? No, I didn't. Okay, because there's also... There's a game in that, not nearly as in-depth as Gwent, but I think it's called Pezak. And it's, again, this mini-game that's present, and you collect cards, and you build a deck. Um, so I was wondering if you had a similar experience with that. I might but, have to get into it, just for that mini-game. Yeah. Um, also, because it's a fantastic game. But back yeah. to the original question. So... It's you're, the equivalent of buying the Happy Meal so that you get the toy, you know? Um, what game did I have to problem solve in? Uh, it's going to have to be... Okay, there's there's two... Okay, there's two that come to mind. Um, Invisible Ink is a turn-based 
strategy game that uh, Clay put out this year. Uh, you work for this sort of clandestine spy operation and your base gets destroyed and so you need to fly around and and break into these the, the bases and, and steal data and sort of sneak in and sneak out without being detected by the guards um, or taking out the guards strategically and then making your way to the exit. Um, and that's and that's good because the 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 AI starts off as very predictable. You know, they're sort of walking back and forth in their turns. Um, but then what will happen is the the turns will advance every every five to sort of a, a new harder level, and and the AI will switch up their patrolling routines, and and it's it gets you to think. It gets you to um, yeah to think a few steps ahead, which which is interesting because. Um, a lot of the time I find myself just getting into a very re- reactive sort of charge in and then, and then deal with the consequences later kind of, kind of style. Um, but it's impossible to do with that game. And, and that was a lot of fun. I the think other- you would really enjoy heat signature the way you were describing that, um, heat signature is a very similar thing where on certain levels, when you're hijacking a ship, you can just go in and just wing it. Um, but there are higher level ships with more advanced security systems and personnel that require some serious forethought and a bit of luck. Um, but I'm also like you where sometimes I don't play the smartest because that's boring. I like to blow stuff up. Yeah, exactly. I'm just like, I'm so confident that the game is not designed to kill me in one shot. And so I just run in and then look for where they, where they place the cover. Yeah, you know? yeah, and and in this game, it's it's not always there, which is good. Um, the second the second game in a, in a much more complex way was Hearts of Iron Four, um, because there's just so much going on. There's charts and charts and charts and charts, and uh, it f- really forced me to think about w- what I was doing and how I was doing it, um, and be very methodical. And also dealing with not not the perfect outcome that I wanted, right? I think that sometimes I get so anal in the the, the strategy games that I'm playing in that I want to get from step, step A to step B to step C and I've planned them all out and if I don't sort of perfectly set up my, my base in step B, then, then I'll just go back and try to do it perfectly, right? Um, but because there are so many variables in Hearts of Iron that it forces you to, to sort of make do with a, a messier scenario um, and, and think about dealing with what you got. So I really enjoyed that. I had to problem solve quite a bit with that game. Follow-up question. So new year, new you. You're going to be training a lot this year, James. Were there any games that you had to train for last year i yeah i don't know if i want to admit this um but i would definitely like maybe not train might not be the right words because i you know that like yeah there are trainers and aim trainers that you can get and like specific like yeah people do aim training for first person shooters and um they do practices with their teams and their clans for other games. The closest I got to that would probably 
be with Overwatch. Um, I definitely like got into some streamers, not just for their personalities, but also to watch them play and get a sense of their game sense and the, try to understand the way they were thinking. But I quickly realized that those playing at the top 500 level are playing an entirely different game than I'm playing in high silver. So uh, that wasn't entirely helpful, but I would definitely play warm-up games before getting into competitive queue. Um, so that's kind of like training, but not really. Um, that's, but, it's like training in the sense that you're stretching before you go for a run. Yeah, you know? exactly. Like, like I, I, I didn't... <laughs> but I didn't work on any specific skills. <laughs> that's for sure. Like my tracking you weren't running is, drills. Yeah, no, my tracking is still atrocious. Um, I can't do flick shots. Um, yeah. So a lot of, I, I'm a very bad first person shooter player for sure. And will continue to be because there is a limit to the amount of work I'm going to put into something that, I view as a leisure activity. Oh, uh-huh, exactly. Well, we're not going to hold that against you. Thank you. Um, were there any games this year that made you particularly emotional? And we we covered a we I would say we covered maybe maybe a couple early in the podcast, but beyond that, or yeah, or the ones that we did cover this past year. Um. Not really. Like as engaging as The Witcher was for me, um, it I didn't get super emotional. Mostly because Geralt's a bit of an idiot. So each time something right. is like about to be meaningful, he does or says something slightly moronic. So that was considerate. Yeah, he's a bit of a doof. He is a total doof. Um, but I didn't play any other super narrative heavy games. Like I haven't played the new walking dead game that came out to seal telltale's fate, um, at the end of this year, which I'm sure would have provided some emotional moments. I think the closest I came was while playing doom, doom 2016. Um, and it just the emotion of thrill it makes you feel like such a badass. The soundtrack, the level design, the the gunplay, the enemies, every like I felt awesome. Is awesome an emotion? Let's say it is. Yeah. It's I had not I had the biggest emotional response this year in gaming playing Doom 2016. What about you, Ian? All right. That's good. Um I would say we're gonna like go from the most awesome uh thrilling answer to to like despair gray cloudy bummed out um with this war is mine i hadn't i hadn't played it before right i think um was that was this war is mine 2015 mm-hmm. is it that old now i think so yeah yeah so it's yeah not not a 2018 game but but we did cover it when we were talking about um you know beyond choices and, and difficult choices. And that, that game was very difficult and I, I felt it. it. It's, it wore me down and I think that that, that was its point. And so I think very intentionally on the part of the developers, um, yeah, it got me emotional. That being said, yeah, I'm sure that 
action, thrilling, and adventure are things that the developers of Doom 2020, what? 2060? I think 2016. Because, yeah, 20... they just, the year it came out, that's how it gets referred to colloquially, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay, so here's another question for you. Um, which game this past year gave you the greatest sense of FOMO? Which game gave me the greatest sense of FOMO? Yeah, was the is there a game that you did not get into that oh. was making you anxious because you really fe- felt like you were missing out on something exceptional? Yeah, so I don't have a PS4, and uh, God of War came out. Yeah, that, on the PS4, that, man. The my my answer to this question is PS4. Like, like it's just it's all of PS4, yeah, right? All the exclusives yeah. like God of War, Spider Man, and I get Red Dead Redemption Two isn't uh, a PS4 exclusive, but I, I would have been able to play it if I had had a PS4. Um, yeah, totally. And that is that's the source of my FOMO these days. I was very close. Oh, speaking of that trick of putting something in your online shopping cart and like letting it sit for a bit before you actually complete the order definitely did that with the spider-man special edition version of the ps4 that's like red and stuff and thankfully it sold out while it was in my cart (laughs) oh Oh my god um there yeah yeah it's i mean i'm I'm sure you would have found a way to justify it because you know i I, playstation had an amazing year yeah um but they're pricey like you you yeah, you take a bit of a bath on that. Yeah, and that was the big thing. I was like, you know what? I'll I'll survive not cuz I haven't played any of the other God of War games. I just saw that God of War looked the newest one looked so good and people were going bananas over it. So that started things and then when Spider-Man came out, everyone everyone just completely lost their mind and that reminded me of the old PS2 days with the greatest web slaying mechanics ever up until this point and then as much as excited as i still am for red dead redemption 2 in my mind that is coming to pc eventually that i i feel like they're gonna do the grand theft auto 5 model where they release it on the current gen consoles everybody buys it then like Eight to twelve months later they re-release the same game on pc and everyone buys it again and then 16 months later, they re-release the same game again on the next-gen consoles, and everybody buys a third copy. Um, so all I want is for it to come out on PC, which I think it will. Um, it it has to. Yeah, because Red Dead Redemption, um, I believe, is my favorite gaming experience ever. You mentioned that to me before. Yeah, yeah, and... That might just be rose-tinted glasses because I honestly can't remember anything specific about the game. I can only remember how it made me feel. Um, Wow. Yeah. That's, uh, yeah, okay. So they nailed it, I guess. If that's the feedback you're going to say, like, there's a quote like that, right? It's it's like people won't remember the things you say, but they will remember the way that you made them feel, right? Yeah, I like that. Steve James good stuff 
I gotta say, um, what was your favorite game this year? Did we do, did we do that already? I don't think we did. Just like straight up favorite. What's your straight up favorite? What's your greatest uh, hit of 2018? My greatest hit of 2018. Yeah, best picture. Uh, I feel like that should be something that came out <laughs> in 2018, and I shouldn't say what I want to say. Um, you can't say it. But it's just like it is really Fine. good. Do it. It's I. Yeah, I'm gonna say it and just be done with it for now. Um, yeah. Witcher three, you're you're the worst. Wild you're Hunt, the worst. don't listen to what he's saying. Um, Sorry, what was that, James? <laughs> the Witcher three, Wild Hunt, fantastic. But man, uh, Blood and Wine is something else, man. I haven't finished it yet. Um, it's it, it is something else. It is masterful. Like it's like I I don't like that's what everyone had said like nothing about what I'm saying right now is surprising and everyone's heard this a billion times but wow and especially to contrast it to the northern realms like like cuz Novigrad was so bleak and Skellige is just like gray and yeah. dreary and like and then they warm you right up oh right? it's so mm-hmm. wonderful anyway they take you to that wedding that whole sequence oh it's oh no that's is that uh that no, the the wedding is actually before that one is a uh, hearts of what are hearts the hearts of stone, hearts of stone. Excuse yeah, me. yeah yeah but e- but even like i've really there's a party sequence though i think yes yeah there's the 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 party se- sequence in blood and wine is with all the artists um but anyway i'm not gonna continue to gush because everyone knows that i finally came around on the witcher and i it is among my favorite gaming experiences ever um but uh yeah i'm gonna give it to the witcher it's it's boring i wish i had a dark horse and a surprise but straight up that's what i'm gonna go with what about you ian what was what was your best game of 2018 so i'll i'll say in in terms of the number of hours recently i've put a ton of time behind No Man's Sky after the next update. But that's not my top game. It had some it had some good updates and features. I'm worried though that it's getting to the point where it's just like kind of the Terraria thing, right? Where it's like, I want better gear, so I just find the better metal and then I get the better metal so I can get the next metal so I can get the next metal and upgrade. You know, it's just upgrade yeah. and upgrade and upgrade. And I don't see... I don't see where that's going to take me, and and that's a little bit frustrating. Um, so that's for like from a from like a an addiction standpoint, that's that's taken me. Top game of the year for me is going to go to Return of the Oberdin by Lucas Pope. Nice. I'm really excited Which, to play that. Yeah, it's it's a bit of an indie cut. Um, but it is really interesting. It's, it's beautiful in a, in a, in a very different way. Um, it's, it's very, it's black and white sort of pixelated. The black is almost on the sort of the greenish old, it it feels like you're playing in an old computer backdrop. Right. And, um, uh, you find yourself on a, on a shipwreck and it is a murder mystery kind of a 
kind of an old school murder mystery in a way. You have a captain's log. It's the man, the 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 manifest with all of the passengers and sailors' names, and you need to go around the boat and identify what happened to them, uh, if they were killed by who, and um, and identify which body belongs to which name on the boat. And the way it takes you through it is you you have this magical pocket watch and and I won't give I won't give any spoilers because it's it's still pretty new and I absolutely recommend it to, to everybody who's listening. Um, but you you see a body on the ground and then you open your pocket watch and get closer, and then it it gives you um, not a video but you hear it, it sort of gives you the soundscape of what's going on and you're just looking at your black screen. And then it opens to a freeze frame sort of photograph of the moment where where the person dies. And then so you you go around and, and you sort of inspect the scene and, and you'll see what's happening to that person. And then there's other people around in the scene and you have to deduce based on what you're seeing what's happening. So I recommend that. It's it's that was amazing. You there? Yeah, I'm just. Did I lose you? No, I'm just thinking. Honestly, I was just thinking about the game of like <laughs> Return of the Oberdin, and you have to play. I'm it. so excited because you, you you mentioned it to me a while ago, and um, did I buy it? I don't think I've bought it yet. I should just buy that now. You should just buy it. Yeah, I'm just I like. Do it right I, now. I wouldn't say that for many many video games, but you really should. It's. It's narrative heavy, but um, le- it lets you unfold it in a way that I haven't seen in, um, in quite some time at, at the very least. So, yeah, highly recommend it. All right. Purchase for myself. Boom. And this is how we do it. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, okay. I... How is it a quick game? Um, and you know, wait, you no. know, what? I I take it back because I don't care. I I I don't think I like that m- method of measuring games in terms of like entertainment hours. Um, I don't think I I like that metric. So I'm gonna stop. There's how how do I say it? Like there are chapters. Or like so, yeah. Don't don't worry about unraveling the whole mystery. Like you'll you'll be satisfied if you get into it and you play a little bit and you put it down and you can come back to it. Fantastic. You'll still like it. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. James, we just wrapped up 2018. That's a clean hour. That feels good. I like. I feel fresh. I think that we're. You feel renewed. I feel renewed. I feel. Like I'm ready to take on what 2019 has to offer, mm-hmm. and I'm not making gaming resolutions with you right now. If that's what you're getting at, no, 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 I, no, no. We can good. do that. We can do that in two weeks. <laughs> Never. You don't no want to make. You don't want to make gaming resolutions. I don't even know what that means. I don't know either. But it's it's it sounds like work. <laughs> yep. If but you if this gathered. doesn't work around video games, I don't know what is, but <laughs> here we are doing it. 
Uh, Funny. Well, yeah. Happy New Year, Ian. It's, it happy was, New Year, James. I'll see you next time. See you next time. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. Um, please follow us on Twitter at podcast underscore TO and tell your friends about the podcast. We would like to get them listening as well. Until then, thanks again. Later, player.